Let's talk about the future of news. I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. The state of journalism today. Telling both sides of a, of a controversial story. I think we must be unbiased. It's uh, honesty, fairness, uh, truth. That is our job. That is our job. That is our job. All right, welcome once again to the Our Man in Stockholm podcast. My name is Philip O'Connor, and last week brought the surprising and tragic news of the passing of Diego Armando Maradona. And I was very surprised by my own reaction to it, because when you have these discussions about who the greatest player of all time is, I remember being at the World Cup in 2018 and talking to Andrew Downey, a brilliant Scottish-Brazilian journalist about Pele and Maradona, and we had these questions all night. And it struck me in Maradona's death that, you know, he is probably the one that I would rank the highest of all, the greatest individual footballer of all time. And we have read and we have heard and we have seen and we've seen all the YouTube clips and live is life and that. But in order to get the proper perspective, I think we have to go to Buenos Aires. We have to go to the Barrio. We have to go to Argentina. And we have to talk to Diego Abatacola about what he meant for Argentina. Diego, you're very welcome. Could I just start by asking you, where were you when you heard that Maradona had passed away? It was insane, really, because it was in midday here, so I was uh, cooking, actually, for my little boy, and it was quite surprising, you know, because uh, I started getting some messages on WhatsApp and whatever, where people were saying, it looks like this time is really something, you know, because mm -hmm. we keep hearing fake news, and sometimes the amount of times that Maradona was close, you know, to this, and always having health problems, he had an operation like a, a month ago or something. So every time you hear that and you kind of think that it's not going to happen again, you know, and he can uh, survive that and go through that and whatever. And people started to say that it was serious, it was serious. So it, it got like a really, really weird mood. And then it started coming out on the news when the family started saying that it was real. It was really, really shocking. It's... Um, Maradona for us is so important, you know, it's such a part of what being an Argentinian means and even more so if you're a Boca fan like me, right? So it's mm. like even closer to home in that regard. So it was really, really something and and it was a big loss for everyone. We're still mourning on it, you know, I'm, I, I feel this <laughs> kind of like this uh, filter of sadness that goes through everything I do and, and it happens to everyone. It's like everyone in the, in the whole country has lost a parent, you know what I mean? It's mm. like really something. Mm. What did you do when you heard, because you were saying you were cooking at home for your son, but we saw a lot of people go out on the streets. We saw Boca fans and River Plate fans, the people you usually call the chickens in our discussions about soccer, right? And, but I saw people wearing the shorts and hugging. And that just goes to show that these are fans who usually, you know, they despise each other, they hate each other. How did you deal with his death? Did you go online or did you go out on the street? I actually, as soon as I found out, I sorted out my, my son. I went to the Bombonera, actually, because it was a place to be, you know, closer to football, I guess, which was his home. And, and people started gathering there, you know, and everybody was bringing stuff, you know, to this little memorial that it just so happened to be built there by people, you know, putting shirts and candles and little coats of paper of the all the times we have seen Maradona the papers and it started growing on it and you could tell of this big sadness that was through everyone, you know, because we were in La Bombonera, which is of course the Boca place for for the fans and everything, but where people from other clubs 
with their share season, which you wouldn't see normally, were coming there as well because it was a place to go, you know what I mean? Mm. And, and we were all together, you know, and it was like, I don't know, it, it went through everything that means rivalries and whatever, and you just wanted to be with other people and try to, to go through it with the people that know better about what Maradona meant in terms of this mix of football and everything else that he had, you know? And people started gathering everywhere, in stadiums where Maradona played, inclusive he played, or in the Obelisco, that is like, kind of like the main point of meetings, places in Buenos Aires. And we didn't even know if there was going to be a, a memorial, I mean, a eulogy or whatever it's called, you know, when you say goodbye. And nobody knew, but everybody went out anyway. So the street got started to fill up with people, which was really weird because we still are in quarantine of sorts. So it was impressive enough with that. And everybody wanted to be somewhere, you know. I don't think anyone wanted to be at home. The news were really, really hard. And you still didn't have that feel-good thing of watching all videos and whatever. It was like you needed to be somewhere with people that could understand or, I don't know, emphasize with you about the fact that he was gone for real this time, you know, because it's something we still don't believe. It's like people are still expecting for him to come back in a way, you know, which is insane, but you, you have a feeling, I don't know. It's like, he did it so many times, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. I mean, I remember the first thing that I thought about tweeting and I didn't do it because I figured I would be sort of contributing to misinformation if I did it. But the first thing I saw it coming up on my Twitter and the first thing I thought of tweeting was Diego Maradona will never die. And that was just, you know, that's not, a, you know, a, a sort of a practical thing. That is just how it is. For me, he's immortal. He's one of those greats of the game like Pele. And like very few other people, you know, but you're a little bit younger than me, Diego. So I've always wanted to ask you about your relationship. And I know that you're a Boca Juniors fan ever since you were a child, right? But what has your relationship been with Maradona? Like if you go back to, you know, what were your first memories of him? Do you remember 82, 86? Because I'd say you're probably too young to remember those things in real time, right? Well, I actually was born in the 83. So my first memories of Maradona are playing in Napoli. And yeah. because it was around the 88, 89, and we would have it on the TV uh, every game of Napoli. And I used to be very young, but I mean, I'm called Diego because of Maradona. So it was a big, big lesson for me at home because my father was a really huge fan of Boca. And Diego was so important for us in the year that he was playing in Boca that he called me Diego for him. So it was like this big thing going on, you know, um, and... The first memories of him playing would be Napoli, but also going to the stadium, people would sing all the time for Diego to come back. Yeah. So it was like this myth already for us, right? That mm. somebody would come back from Europe where you can watch it only on the TV and it was the most, uh, the best player ever, of course, and you will be waiting for him. And this was for me after 86. So he already had conquered the world in the World Cup, for example, and then the main memories that come to mind is in the World Cup of, the, of Italy, of course, right? Because yeah. it was uh, something really, really impressive here. And it has a weird component because we lose the final, but it was so epic because that team shouldn't have been there if only because it was like mythical for the Argentinians, right? Because it wasn't that good a team, it wasn't working that properly, but he had a game in Sao Paulo against, against Italy and the game against Brazil and then Maradona had his, uh, his ankle like this, it's like a big ball, you know, and mm. he couldn't barely stand it, he was playing through the pain, it was really big. 
Yeah, I mean, it was incredible at that World Cup to see Italian fans, or not Italian fans, but fans of Napoli were saying, no, 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 we're not cheering for Italy. We're cheering for Maradona because the same love that he had in Buenos Aires, the same love that the Boca fans had from the Napoli fans loved him just as much. I don't think they could ever love him more than what the people in Argentina did. But then he went there. I remember thinking, like, this is one of those huge things because people tend to forget the sort of historical links as well between Italy and Argentina. The fact that the country is, the Italians were one of the ethnic groups who made it up in the very beginning. But if we before we go on to the sort of the, the, the sort of the, the later years of his career, how was he accepted sort of politically? Because I know he had this big tattoo of Che Guevara was on his right bicep, right? And he often talked about the working man and he came from poverty. He loved the working class people of Buenos Aires. How was he received politically? Because he didn't seem to be a very you know, it wasn't very advanced politics he talked about. He just talked about working people and tried to make things better for everybody. So how was he perceived politically in Argentina? Well, uh, in order to answer that, I, I should tell you in a, in a second that there are like two kinds of people that, that look in a way, in a political way to Maradona, right? Mm-hmm. And the people that belong to the working class, even if you can do a little bit better than somebody and, you know, it's not extremely poor only, but, you know, people that work their way up in life and just make a living out of it, right? Yeah. And he was one of us, you know, and he was the... The one that could represent uh, that common sense thing that sometimes looks very missing in politics. Uh, sometimes that they look so far away from what the people want or needs. And he was always one of us. So that was always really, really close. And he had this huge connection with the people in that, in that kind of sense, right? And then you have minorities of people that would say, well, uh, I like the, the footballer part, not so much the political part part or his private life and whatever, but it's, it was always a discussion, but we could see with, with his passing that the people that love him was so much, you know, and so, so little, maybe they were a little more noisy sometimes, but at the end of the day, everybody loved him, and even if the politics were, uh, I don't know if questionable, but you could say that not everybody goes in the same regard. Uh, it was so popular, you know, on its own, and you just felt that he he was really really into the things he believed in and that was like very uh, very valuable for people you know because he, you could see somebody that he would stand for what he thinks you know and he wouldn't care and he you know he lived by his rules and his way you know and that was in politics as well uh, even if he he made some characters of politics more known because of him that would be known uh, yeah. regularly you know even if he had some relationships like in Venezuela or whatever that are very like a question for some people, but he, that, that was him, you know. I saw a video of him <clears throat> uh, talking to Gary Lineker. I think they played a charity match and Gary speaks Spanish and the two of them were there talking and Diego was saying, hey, you're my guest here, you know, anything you need, fix it up. And he just seemed to be one of those people who, who looked after other people. Certain people who become famous and they become very wealthy, they don't give a shit, you know. But Diego didn't seem to be that kind of guy. He seemed to always want to help the people who were around him. Um, is that something, because if the first World Cup I remember is before you were born, it was in 1978, and Mario Kempes and Daniel Passarella and that team that played against the Dutch, uh, in the final there. And that was a different time in Argentina compared to what, what things are like uh, now or what things were like in Maradona's time. Um, so what has changed in, our, in Argentina historically and politically during Maradona's lifetime? Well, uh, to be honest, in, in the 78 World Cup that you remember so well, it 
we didn't have a democracy going on there, right? Because we have this military government that you could vote and the Congress was closed and everything. And, well, uh, there's this disappearing people that is a very famous story about the 30,000 that were taken away from their homes. And our history is very touched by that, right? Because they were like seven years of that. Maradona was already playing football there because he was already playing Argentina Juniors at the moment and he was almost going to the World Cup, but he didn't. And then he went to the Youth World Cup in the 79 and he won it in Japan. So, yeah. And the world and Argentina really changed by, by Maradona's lifetime, right? Because when he was playing in Boca, we still were with a dictatorship government, you know? And then when in the 83, we got the democracy back and he was like a symbol of our coup done right for us because there was always this, this thing going on about the 78 World Cup that it was kind of forced to win it because the government at the time, the military government needed for us to win in order to send a message to the world and, and keep covering what was going on, which was terrible in terms of human rights and whatever. Mm. And, and Maradona always had a, a strong, strong relationship with that. He was very close to the mothers and abuelas of Casa de Macho, which is a, a big symbol of human rights in the world. And, and there were the, the mothers and grandmothers that were looking for the sons that were disappeared. Mm. And all over the time, and in all that evolution, he was part of the conversation in politics, but in that a uh, primal level, to, to be honest. Yeah. Like, we had to take off the elders and the workers, and people need food and poverty, and against poverty. It was like very in that, in that register. Lately, in the last few years, he was more strongly motivated by a sort of a Latin American left kind of side in terms of, well, of course, Cuba, Venezuela, Ecuador, and what we call Patria Grande, that is uh, or big land, which mm. means the whole continent, right? And, and it was, and he would identify himself with Peronism here, which is the party for the working class anyways. So to tell that he was involved, but the world changed so much. We had our crisis in 2001 and whatever, and it's like, he was a constant, right? Of, you know, you could go to Maradona in terms of going, in terms of knowing he was there, even when not, nobody else was. And he was always connected with people in what has, what has been happening in Argentina. And that's one thing you said, right, about caring about people that you could see in every level, you know, like for working class, for people that need something. But even so, when he would get all these massive kinds of people on top of him and just wanted an auto or a photo or whatever, and he would be mad because sometimes he was mad and he didn't want to do it. But always with a little child, he would stop, for example, right? Yeah. That was these little things, you know, but he was always connected to the reality of, of the people. And I think that's what uh, is attractive for the Napoli people as well, right? Because yeah. it's like, it's the same kind of, of place, of program, you know? So mm. you know about being excluded and being outside of everything for so long and somebody comes and it's like you and... And it belongs to you, you know, and he goes for, for you know, trying to give you some glory through football. But then he talks about the, the injustice in the world, which is, well, it's, it's really something. That I, I, I don't have much more words to say what, what he means in that regard, you know. He made that so proud and he means so much for people, more so than a goal or two goals or whatever it was. It was something else, all right. I couldn't think of anybody else of the 20th century that would be something like Maradona. For me, it's like, I can even think who would be in the same level. I mean, worldwide recognition and that connection with people and what it meant.
I mean, it's amazing because he was really the everyman because it didn't matter if you went to Naples or you went to Manchester or you went to Sydney in Australia. Everybody, everybody understood on a visceral level what he was about. But there's just one more historical thing, Diego. And again, I'm sure your father has spoken to you about this. I remember the Falklands War and I remember the rhetoric from the British side towards the Argentinians, towards the military junta there. And the, like the, the open hatred that existed uh, for, for the Argentinian people there. How difficult was it for the country to get over that, losing that war, losing the Belgrano, you know, losing face on the international stage, and then eventually democracy coming back to the country? Because it seemed to me, certainly in, in 86, a little bit in 82, but certainly in 86, that that was where Argentina redeemed itself on the inter international stage through this small man with the, the ball on his left foot. That was what put Argentina back on the, on the map in a positive way, so to speak. Is that what the way it's seen in Argentina as well? Yeah, it was kind of like winning the war we lost, you know, it was like a rematch of sorts. And, and, and he had this thing, right, because he scored the goal that is against the rules that the, that the English invented. So it was like taking a little bit back afterwards because, you know, I yeah. mean, uh, they're in a territory that belonged to us and uh, the Moras aren't there when they're talking about Malvinas. But then we score a goal with the hand and, you know, it's like, it's taking something away from the ones that created the rules for the game, not the game, but the rules for the game. <laughs> and then he scored the most wonderful goal he could ever be done, right? So yep. it was so amazing that he caught it both and and it was something right in and that means something really, really, really important for Argentinian people because it's, it's not like it was forgotten and it was like done deal, but it was like saying we got something back from them and Maradona meant that as well, you know, meant like defying the odds and mm that the small one can win sometimes, you know, and, and it's not always the way of the power of the powerful people and the powerful parts of the world and the company. He always was fighting against that, right? So yeah. uh, he fought in FIFA against Avalanche, Blatter, he did it in, uh, in Italy, against the north of Italy, and it, it was a, a way of being for him, but for Argentinian people, that meant the English, the game as guys in England is so, so remembered because of that. It's not only for the football, which meant something, but it was so much more for us. Mm -hmm. There was so much more in play. Even so, you know, in the, in the, in the stadium, you know, people and different people from different, different countries were fighting. I mean, the hooligans with all Barra Bravas. And it was kind of like a fight that was continued from the war. Yeah. So there's people that still remember that. So it's quite, quite something in, and, and it really was like a, like a, I don't know, a redemption of sorts, saying that we could get something back from them, which is, it was very, very, very special for us. Um, one, th one thing that struck me um, over in the days after his death was that there are very few people in this world who are so universally loved and unconditionally loved as Maradona was. And yet, somehow it wasn't enough. He still had to go out. He still did the things he did at night. You know, he'd go out and he'd drink and he'd party and there was women and that. How was that aspect of his life seen in Argentina? Was that seen as, oh, you know, boys will be boys kind of thing? Or did people feel sorry for them? Did they have sympathy or empathy for him? There's a few both, actually. You know, there's people that have sympathy or empathy or kind of know where he comes from. And, and you kind of think, right, like... Uh, well, look at now, right, with the social media and whatever, but if you, you're on YouTube and have like, I don't know, 20,000 followers and you think you're on top of the world, imagine being Maradona, right? 
15, 16 years and being really the king of the world in terms of football yeah. and what it meant, it's really hard not to lose your head, right? You would think even more so from where you come from and having money and it's like, it's like very, very complex, right? But, but also uh, uh, there are people that, that was kind of feeling like, well, I mean, I like him as a, and this is a, something that is discussed at the moment. I like him as a player, but not so much as a person of his private life. And, and the other thing of that is that uh, when you love Maradona, you love him as a whole, you know? It's like, he, he was part of the, of the fire he had that he couldn't just be stopped, you know? And even if you could not agree with some of the stuff and everything, you just knew that it was a part of him. And at some point he, well, he lived by his rules, you know, and he did it all really. So I'm, I'm actually, if I had to speak for myself, for some friends I spoke with and whatever, it's like, I'm actually happy that in this life that I, I imagine so claustrophobic life, right? Because you couldn't go to the bathroom without people throwing yourself on top of you or going to the movies or whatever. Mm. Uh, having the time for enjoying himself, kind of like the videos when he's dancing, right? And you see him so happy, so full of it, you know? And it's like, I'm happy that he could do it because he gave us so much, yeah. you know, so much happiness. Mm. He gave so much to us, to, to people that, that some people that they really never had anything, you know? Mm. And it's so intangible what he gave, but he gave us so much that you could only want him to be happy, you know? Yeah. And to enjoy whatever he could. And, and you kind of think about it in that way, right? At least, you know, thinking about the, the way that he did. And people here can laugh. Most of the people do this, well, boys will be boys. It was a time of sign of times and whatever. Sorry about that. And... <laughs> Yeah, the kids running around and whatever. And yeah, and well, and there you go. I mean, it's like he really was something that you would think, well, he did it all, you know? He was part of it and, and he lived the way he wanted to live. And it was a hard time as well, you know? I, there's a thing with cocaine and drugs and whatever, you know, that people talk. Sorry about that. No problem. And he was like, uh, with drugs and cocaine, I was saying, right? The fact about the, the people was very critical of him, you know? And you could tell that so much people used to do drugs at the moment, and cocaine and whatever. And so many famous people that you kind of know that they consume whatever. And it was just like, I think, so touching to him, you know? It was really, really something. So people tend to do like feeling empathy about it, you know? Kind of mm -hmm. like, it was really hard not to be in that and as he said you know he said it in this uh, show he had he had a talk show a talk show of its own and he said that you know he was kind of interviewing himself in this game he made in, on tv and he was saying like uh, you know what what player we missed because i had cocaine you know the player i could have and then you think that and say whoa right yeah he would think he would have been better and you, and you just can't can't on that right better yeah. That's the thing. If you think of him in his heyday in Napoli and he's going out and he's playing Juventus and AC Milan and Inter Milan and he's winning week after week after week. I spoke to Liam Brady the other night because uh, Liam has a shirt when he played against uh, Maradona in Dublin in 1979. 
and Diego yeah. wore 17 that night. This is before he made the number 10 shirt in Argentina his own. So that's how young he was. He was only 19 years old. And Liam played against him then for Juventus. And he played against him for Ascoli and for Torino and these clubs. And he was saying that the first thing he learned about Maradona was you don't, you don't go for the ball right? because you're just not going to get it. You, know, you just forget about that. But that's how, how special he was. And then he said, you know, you used to think that this guy's going to go out after the game. Maybe he was out the night before the game. You know? And if he hadn't have done any of those things, I don't think anybody ever would have touched him. Know that. He was yeah, he'd just turn up and, and do his thing, you know. Uh, but finally, Diego, like you mentioned at the start of this conversation, that people are still in mourning. Like, there's certain people, you know, when a pope dies, when JFK dies, when Princess Diana in Great Britain dies, when certain, certain people, when they die, they actually change the world. The world can never be the same without them in it. Is that going to be the case for the people of Argentina? How are the people of Argentina going to get over this? How, how is his memory going to live on there? I oh I mean since since this happened uh, I feel this this sadness right that we share and this it's like a, this big hole in our hearts and it's like a, a part of us died you know it's it's really something that is so big that it it can be explained with words but the feeling you have and he's in everything you do everything you look everybody you speak with. And people that wouldn't like him so much in terms of this uh, person, uh, player difference and whatever was crying like a baby. And I mean, I'm, I'm all right out of crying. I mean, it's like I, I find myself, uh, I feel exactly the same when, like when my father and my mother died, you know, exactly mm-hmm. the same. But it's even more so because in a way it was like a, this, this concept of something that was there. It was already, it's like a part of our identity died, you know. Yeah, and I don't know how people recover from this because I I can tell you that I'm not even close to that. You know, I'm I'm denying it, and I wake up in the morning, and the first thing I do, I check a video of Maradona. Somebody found out, and then I'm thinking, and I find myself singing on the street the songs he used to sing, and and you can see people with the jerseys on everywhere, and it, it is the beginning of something. You know, it's the beginning of of Maradona's amid or as a legend, when, when he, he used to be, I don't know, a, a god amongst people, you know? Yeah. And, and there's this, I, I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm not sure how we're going to recover from that. I I'm, I'm for sure know that it's, it's really, really hard and it's been really, really a short time from that. And it's going to take a while, but I really think that the world has changed for us and, and it's never going to be the same. Because we're so used to having him, and and we do uh, Boca played at the weekend. I think they they actually played at home at the weekend, didn't they? Did they, Did you yeah. go to the stadium? No, we sadly were not allowed to go yet to the stadiums, so it was without uh, fans, fans, which is a shame because if there was a place you would like to go and to be was there, you know, it was like it it does something, you know, being in in his place and the place you used to see him. I, I was lucky enough to see him when he came back to Boca, so it was meaning, meaningful. And uh, when the game was played, uh, Diamond, his daughter was there that he used to go with. And it was very emotional. She was crying the whole game and you could see him on the telly and it would break your heart when uh, Cardona scored a free and they won with the jersey and everything. And, and she was seeing uh, the players and she was so grateful, right? And 
Mm. It just got me thinking that she is the, the little girl of man that it was so big, right? And all she wanted to do was to the same place he used to go with his dad, you know? And mm. at that sadness was uh, the sadness we all had, you know? And like for Boca, it's, it's something all right as well because he put us on the map in a level that is really, really something. And all these things that I was saying about Argentina for you, in, inside Argentina, Boca represents the same kind of like Napoli does for Italy. Mm. Bigger, I mean, one leagues, one cups, uh, where the team most fans or whatever. But still, you know, there's this component of being the working class team, and he was the face of that, and he took it to the world, and, and he always, always said how much Boca meant to him. So for us, it's like it's like even more, you know, because yeah. you could be there and you seeing her daughter there and not him there. It, it made it so clear that he's gone, you know, so it was, it, it was such a sad game. It was such a sad game, you know, it was like having an Italy and you were just crying and suffering and we were talking with our friends and saying, and all we could talk about was Maradona, not the game, not the goals, not how the team was playing. And, and I hope that someday, maybe next year, with the vaccine works and whatever, uh, we can go back there because I think the, a really good vibe for, for him and from us. It's gonna be in the stadium, you know, and singing and chanting his name and, and being in his place, at, which was the, the football field. Where he belonged, actually, because he, he was, you, ca you can't split it from football. It's unfair, actually, you know, it's mm. his life, it's everything. That's the thing. I don't think you can separate anything. I mean, he was the man he was and he was the player he was. And it was both of those things at the same time. And without the man, there was no player. Without the player, there was no man. So it's so difficult. When do you think you will have that chance to gather with the boys, the Boca supporters and the girls that will be on the terraces there? Is it, are we looking at after Christmas? Is it going to be next June? When do you think that's going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen soon enough. I mean, I reckon that it's going to be around June, maybe the end of the year. The, the logic here is that we're buying vaccines and we applied for three different ones and uh, a small part is getting in December, supposedly, if it's a program, whatever, all the technical things. And, and then it's going to be starting, but we're not even close to uh, doing this 30% or whatever. I mean, we're still doing a isolation of sorts with allowed things, so it's uh, it's gonna take a while for us. I, I really think it's gonna take a long while for us. Uh, the government made a big effort here to not to take care of that because we had to reinforce our health system because we didn't have enough uh, hospitals and whatever. So we had this hard quarantine thing or in the hospitals, and then it got a little more ease at ease. The virus is really strong and grows up really fast. And we have cases in different provinces that go goes back up. Mm. And I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen for at least six months of the next year. I reckon June or October, something like that, which is really hard. I never spent as much time not going to the stadium. It's kind of heartbreaking because it was a place of uh, of gathering elements for a Boca fan Sunday that you go to the stadium is the best moment of your week mm. and you're kind of waiting for it and I mean uh, life goes on in between games for us you know and you kind of work you kind of live you kind of go out and whatever you're just waiting for the game and it's not even for the result it's just for being there and seeing it and chanting and 
but even more so with this. I, I just can't think of a different place to be. I just want to be there, and that's why when I heard that he died, I went there, and, and I just want to go there. I don't know. When that day does come, if it's in March or if it's in June, six months, a year, whatever, what do you think the best way to pay tribute to Maradona and the memory of Maradona will be at the stadium? What would you like to see the fans do for him? You know, to be honest, uh, the Boca fans aren't much about gimmicks, you know, like creating these colors and making these big, we have big flags, of course, you have seen probably the ones that we yeah. had in the stadium when it was on. We had three of those, and actually the one that was there in the terraces the other day, it was a gift from Maradona to the fans. Mm. He bought that, that flag himself, and he gave it to the team as a thank you for the, for the league we won in 92, that it was the first league we won after Maradona. Mm. And, uh, but we're not much of gimmicks, so I reckon that it, what is going to happen is that at some point uh, a video is going to be played, or something's going to happen, and we're going to sing all the songs we used to sing for Maradona, and feel like he's there, you know, it's like a chant, it's really that big. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing with the people that I always go to the stadium, you know, I mean, packed with people with faces here and all sweaty and singing for him. That's what I, what I want the most. And the big flag to come down like he used to do. And I, I want to know what everything that we had when he was here so he can hear it properly. Diego, thanks very much for talking to me. Oh, no, thanks to you, Phil. It was a pleasure. Ahí la tiene Marabona, lo marcan dos, pisa la pelota Marabona, arranca por la derecha el genio del fútbol mundial, y es el tercero a tocar para Borruchaga siempre, Marabona, genio, 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 ta, 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 ta.